If you can join me one more time in the Old Testament, look into that prophet book of Haggai. Small chapter of book, only two chapters in it. Flip too fast, you might not find it. So to slow down, if you're in the gospel, definitely go with Matthew. Go a little bit back to your left, you'll run into it. If you need some assistance, you can definitely look in the table of contents. It'll give you the page number. But we're going to be there looking in this first chapter, looking at verses 12 to 14. New, I'll be reading from the New Living uh, Translation. The Word of God reads, Then Zerubbabel, son of Shechel, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God. When they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, the son of Shelatiel, governor of Judah, and the enthusiasm of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people. They began to work on the house of their God, the Lord of Heaven's armies, on September 21st, on the second year of King Darius' reign. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. As you take your seat, you help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them the proper response. Amen. To make sure your other neighbor don't feel left out, so turn to them with a smile on your face. Tell them the proper response. Looking at this text, dealing with the theme about priorities, we already discussed how their priorities were out of order when they did not choose to serve God first. Now that they got their priorities in order, they're doing the proper response. I want us to understand that if you do not have your priorities in order, then you won't know how to respond. But since they heard the word of God, a response came to them. Has anybody ever had a conversation with someone and you were speaking to them and you talked to them and they look like they're understanding, they were nodding their head and they, they were saying yes, then after you got done talking, nothing happened? What happened was that you did not get the response you were looking for, am I right about it? And so, therefore, you, you go back over the conversation and say, did I say something wrong? Did I misquote something? Uh, let's go back over it again. Did you understand? And like that familiar saying we, we often like to repeat, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? We, we want to know, do you understand the communication that's coming forth? Because if you understood, the proper response would have been done. And so here we are in this text that God has given a word to them and and he's waiting for them to give the proper response. Y'all see that, right? He wanted the proper. Many times we respond, but not the right way. After you have that conversation with that person and they go and do what you told them not to do, you start thinking that's not the response I was looking for. Didn't I say this? So why did you? Do that. And we always get that great infamous answer for many times when we know we did something, but we're not sure why we did it. Just shrug the shoulders. I don't know. 
But yet God is talking to them. Look closely here from his messenger in the original text. It says that it's the same word used as an angel. And, and this is the only time in the Old Testament text that the word used as a messenger, as an angel, is referred to the prophet and is referred to Haggai. Some suggest that they believe that the angels were in embodiment form in John the Baptist and, and Elijah and some say Haggai, but yet it does not prove that, but yet it points out that a message from God was spoken. And so there's a proper response. When we hear the message from God, the proper response is one of obedience. Y'all see that right there in the text. The first thing they did, it says they obeyed God's word. Oh, that's so good. It's, it's good to obey the message from the Lord. Do you understand that how many times in our lives we are opened up with, with confusion, with doubt, with struggles and heartaches and pains, and, and we're trying to figure out what should we do next in our lives, and we're, we're looking for some answer, we're looking for in, instructions. Can I help somebody out that all you got to do is look at the message? Y'all quiet on me. Just look at the message from the Lord. Oftentimes in our lives, we are, we are in dark places because we went away from the light. Well, this word has light in it. Yeah, you've seen that on everybody with me, somebody else. Uh, uh, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And, and he's pointing out to, um, to, to us that if he's the light of the world, he is showing us the direction to God. Because you understand that not only he's the light of the world, we're going to find out he's the only light we need. Because when he makes a new heaven and a new earth, there's no sun, there's no moon. Why? Because God is the light. So what I'm trying to point out to us that oftentimes in our lives that we neglect what we need most, and it's his word. So my question to you, my question is to you, when's the last time you opened up your word on your own? What do, you, what do I mean by y'all? I mean, not because somebody told you, but you just desperate that, Lord, I want to know you and I want to spend some time with you and you open up the word on your own. Let me highlight what I'm trying to say here. How many times that a child calls a parent, they don't call to check on the parent, they call just to get some money. Oftentimes, that's how we go to God. We don't go to God to check on. We just go to God. What can I get from you? That's going to benefit me. But if you find out that God has a relationship with you, you'll find out it's good for me just to communicate with him and things start working out better in my life instead of me just showing up just when I want something. So how is it that in our relationship we want people to check up on us, but we don't check in and see about our God? Open up the word and check out the message. The proper response to God's word is obedience. Because when he speaks, he speaks for a purpose that's for the benefit of our lives. And listen closely here, as the people did, they heard the word. Look at the dates here on, on, on New Living Translation. It says on August 29th, and then the next date we find out is on the 15th verse of chapter 1, on September 21st. I want to highlight here, it took them 24 days to respond to God's word. They were arrested. They were encouraged by this great message. And yet, after they went up and gathered the materials, it says they began building the temple. When we obey God's word, we obey God's word. 
we, we will start doing the things he already called us. Do you understand that their priority was to rebuild the temple? And God already brought them there. And it's been there 16 years, and yet nothing has done. Yet they built their house up, but God's house still in shambles. They feel uncomfortable, but, they're, they're, but God is not pleased. They're trying to now, check this out. They said they had hopes of harvest. They thought things were going to go well, but nothing's working out for them because of their sin. Bible is clear, and if God is clear to them. It says, this has happened because of your sin sin because of your sins there's a drought in the area and because there's a drought in the area you're not able to receive anything that you're trying to gain you plant but you're going to harvest little you work but you have no wages to show for you're eat and you're eating and your drinking will never satisfy you all because you have neglected my house let me help somebody what i'm trying to point out that when we disobey god we start seeing th- dryness coming up in our lives things that were once full and fresh spring of water starts to dry up. And you know when things start drying up, it means they're losing life. And when we disobey God, we start experiencing things moving out of our lives. That we'd rather have stayed in our lives. And when they realized that the harvest was not as good and they could eat and never be satisfied, there was no more dew on the land and God pointed out to them that it's because of your sins it arrested them and they realized okay God what should we do God was clear he says now go up to the mountains and and get the materials start building on my temple and and here we see it here that the people says okay God we will obey your word and look what happens as they obey his word it says there's another point here that says here he says they fear the Lord New Living Translation reads it here. And when they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Fear has two aspects here. Fear is in the sense of awe and reverence and respect to God. And then fear is also, too, a, a, a sense of understanding that I might not want to test him. Because he is awesome. Just as his grace and mercy is wonderful, so is his wrath. But yet we are in awe of him because he again showed us mercy. And another aspect of fear is worship. Not only their obedience led them to do their work, but also led them to fear him, which also led them to worship him. Let me help somebody out that Jesus made it clear when the women of the, came to him in the well and she was talking about worship. And he was letting know that you are worshiping in a place, but you're not worshiping our God. Because he's pointing out that it does not matter where you go, that, that, and that defines worship. No, worship is in your heart. Can you tell your neighbor, worship is in your heart? So it's not the place, it's not the building, it's not the edifice, but it's in your heart. He says, God is looking, and now is the time that he's seeking for true worshipers that worship him in spirit and in truth. He's not measured by the place or where you go, but he's measured, is he in your heart? We had that song for the children, and I got the joy of Jesus where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. If we have the joy of Jesus down in our heart, it will be evident in our obedience. Mm. Let's drive this home to personal life. Think about it. That if I love my family, I love my friends, or I love something, it will be evident how I take care of them. And, and so we find out our priorities. Just, just think about it. You can go into anybody's house and, and you can find out what they cherish the most because it'll be in a certain position. 
but just for everybody to see. This is what I'm proud of. I want you to see this. Or, or if it's so special to them, they might have it hidden, but you'll find out if that house catches on fire, that's the first thing they're going to run for. Is the thing they cherish most. We understand by people's actions, it'll come out what you cherish the most. In this time of their obedience, he understood who they should honor the most, and they should honor most is God. Keeping our priorities in order, the proper responses to worship him. God says alone that we should not worship no other gods. We should put no other gods before him. We should not take his name in vain. God points out to us many times, I'm a jealous God and you ought to serve me. The question I want to ask us again to do another inventory, who do you serve the most? I said the most. Do you serve God the most or do you serve yourself the most? And if we are true to ourselves, as I am true to myself, I serve myself the most. I make sure I get food. I make sure I get some clothes. I make sure my family's taken care of. You know, all these things I want to do, I'm doing it for me. But yet, I got to put it in proper perspective and understanding that, God, am I doing what you've called me to do? And realizing that sometimes, sometimes in our lives that we need to put ourselves last. And put others before us. And then when we put others before us, catch is how the order gets reversed. Now you're no longer serving yourself the most, you're serving others the most, and then in turn you're serving God. Because you know, Jesus said that to them. He says here, he says that, uh, uh, you who fed the hungry and, and you who clothed the naked, you who visit the sick, you took care of me. They said, wait, wait a minute, Jesus, time out. When were you locked up? When, when were you hungry? When were you naked? He says, when you done to the least of these, You've done unto me, y'all cast on to that, that when we honor God, we worship him, we are not concerned about ourselves, but we learn how we might serve others and look after others and share the love of Christ with others, neglecting our own personal wants and desires, but looking to build somebody else up. Just think about this for a moment. How much, how, how, how better the world would be? If everybody was concerned about others. Think about how magazines would change. We, we look at the top ten lists, and the top ten is always the most attractive, the, the wealthiest. The top